Seltzer Kings Podcasts. On today's episode, Disastrous Dads, Grinder, I Barely Know Her, uh, him, and why some fetishes are better canned than fresh. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. My name is Lori Beth Denberg, and welcome to the Bad Advice Podcast. With me, as always, is Clark Crozer. Hello. Hello, Clark. How are you? I'm stressed out like a motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, no. It has been a rough couple weeks. Yeah. Or a rough 45 years. It depends (laughs) on how you look at it. (laughs) Uh, My dad finally. Yeah. Had his full knee replacement. Yeah, he was supposed to have it last December, but COVID strikes COVID, again. COVIDy. So he's been a lot in a lot of pain oh. up until now. Last week, he finally got to have his surgery. Right, and it went well. Everything's fine. It's nothing like that. With it's, knee with knee surgery, you have to be walking before they let you out. Right. Yeah, he so. had to get up and walk. So he actually did that. Good. And so he didn't have to stay overnight, which good. he really did not want to do. I'm so sure. that's good. Although I was like, ah, oh, night off sounds <laughs> just wonderful. Did you did you watch him? Did he look like a baby giraffe that yeah, was just exactly. born? His knees are all, all like shaking. wobbly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he was able to do that and get out, but a knee replacement is notoriously a painful recovery. So he's doing okay. Okay. um, But I've just been, you know, hyper vigilantly Mm. taking care of him and being extra supportive and extra peppy. Right. And just a lot of other shit has come up that I've had to attend to as well. Right. So I've just been kind of overwhelmed and, and buried. And every time I... I'm actually sitting down to do something. I remember something else I was supposed oh. to do. I had a panic attack at Costco. Oh my God. Are so you that was me? great. That was great. If you're going to freak out anywhere, Costco is oh, yeah. a nice, safe, small space to do it in. Luckily, you're able to uh, freak out in such a bigger level quantity there yeah. when you're well, at Costco. No, because I was like, okay, this is starting. This is happening. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. I'm taking deep breaths, which made me- Were you just me... getting there or were you getting close to no, leaving? No, no, no. I had already been swooshing. That's the oh. other thing. It's everywhere I'm going like with great purpose yeah. and walking with purposeful strides <laughs> and doing everything just quite briskly. Yeah. That's a good name, for the word for it. Yeah. Everything I'm doing is brisk. Right. And I was complete. my head was completely sweaty oh. from just- like I got out of a pool and then I finally stopped when I was almost done. I had everything I needed. Okay. And I just realized that like I couldn't breathe. And of course I'm wearing a mask right? because a, I'm a decent human being and B I wouldn't be allowed at Costco to have a panic attack. (laughs) They'll be like, ma'am, you have to have your panic attack outside (laughs) because you're not wearing a mask. So, but when you're kind of hyperventilating and having trouble breathing, a mask wasn't helping, helping that much. And I just was breathing so much that I needed to cough. 
Oh no. And then you don't want to be the person coughing right. in a public place during a pandemic. Uh, so it was just a lot. And wow. I managed to get out of there. I got my stuff. Okay, good. I was still being cheerful to good. everyone else, which I know I don't always have to do, but somehow I just, I'm like, it, that's it's just part of who you are. It is part of who I am, but I should probably write myself a question to give myself <laughs> advice about it. But so I got out of there and I do have, I do not have panic attacks very often. Yeah. I do have medication for when it happens. Okay. And so I ended up, which I, I mean, hardly ever, but I actually took um, half of one of my pills. Okay. Like that's how bad if, it was. If you, if this has happened before and you've had, pills for it mm -hmm. that means it must have happened a couple of times comparatively was this on the lower scale or on the higher scale this was on i think this was on the the higher scale wow. what's interesting is that uh, one of the times i really remember this happening was at target huh and the difference is it's always worse when I'm in somewhere with really bright fluorescent lights, oh, you know, or like a supermarket where it's bright and the floor is white and it's all, you know, interesting. and then Target has their signature red. Right. But so Costco is more like cavernous and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So that wasn't as bad. But I mean, I had to, I live, uh, I am not suggesting this. I know this is wrong, <laughs> Okay. but I live very close to the Costco. I couldn't wear my seatbelt on the way home. Wow. I couldn't wear my seatbelt because it was too constricting, too constricting and I was freaking out. I got home and I took my shirt off. Yeah. But that wasn't enough. I had to take my bra off wow. because I just couldn't. Your body was just... Yeah. You you tried as hard as you could, yeah. but it was hitting you hard. And then I I mean I put on something loose before right. I went to check on my dad, and I didn't <laughs> right. say, you know, I I said, hey, what do you need? I think I did say like I had a panic attack at Costco, which he doesn't oh, understand. Of course not. He's like, well, why? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Huh. What do you want for dinner? <laughs> I gotta make it. Um. So yeah, that was pretty. That's kind of a. It hasn't been obviously that bad to say right. I'm having a panic attack, but you know, that's kind of been the the pitch yeah. of my last couple weeks leading up to the surgery and yeah. then taking care of my dad afterwards. Yeah. My dad's being great. Okay, good. My dad's being great. The one good. thing I will say is I don't believe he's doing like his exercises <laughs> enough. Okay. He's like, my leg is swollen. Look at it. It hurts. I'm like, yeah, get the fuck up and move it. Yeah, exactly. So that the uh, fluid goes elsewhere, <laughs> you know, maybe on your brain. Maybe it'll affect your speech center and I won't have to hear you talk about how much your leg hurts. But um, no, he's being really good. And good. It's really satisfying just taking care of him yeah. and making his meals and pushing him, uh, you know, a little like, hey, dad, after this episode of whatever horrible crime drama you're right. watching, he watches everything. Really? Well, he's 76 and he and he's had health problems. He doesn't go out a lot. OK. But I always go in and I'm like, what's this one? And he's like, it's uh kabucha kapapa and i'm like i've never heard of that well when you say he watches everything he watches everything murder mystery and he uh, related. yeah no he it's watches not like a he's lot watched, watched every episode of how i met your mother right no he hasn't and i've tried to get him to watch some f better stuff not better i shouldn't say better some lighter stuff right. that's what i usually say to him i'm like dad can you watch a comedy like every time i go in you know uh somebody's like 
and we found her legs over by the seesaw. Yeah, it's murder porn. Yeah, it is. It's torture porn. Torture porn and murder porn. Exactly. So um, every once in a while, I'm like, can you just lighten this up? But then one time I, he's like, I'm like, what are you watching? And he's like, the Ferdinand the Bull movie. Like he what? really does watch everything. That is funny. Um, but so anyway, that was a weird tangent. Yeah. But he's doing okay. I'm I'm kind of nudging him to do more Good. and uh, don't want him to be like, I'll do what I want, like lose right. it. And I'll be yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll just go make your dinner <laughs> with this poison. <laughs> so I'm actually already feeling better being good. here with you, Clark. Oh, good, good. I'm laughing glad. and stuff. Right. You got to. This is a good place for you, I feel. You got bags next to you. Bags the dog. I love you twice. We can worry about other people's problems for a little bit. Oh, that's bit, right. And you don't have to, to dwell. So why don't we move on to some questions, get you some fun uh, answers that uh, get your mind off stuff. Yes, sir. Here we go. We're going to start with number one is Jamie. And Jamie says, hi, Lori Beth. Love you. And you were my favorite cast member from all that. Oh, thank you. I have a bit of a problem. My sister and I have always had a close relationship, but she recently has become very needy. Anytime I have a day off, she always wants to hang out and do something, but I just want to be left alone. Her neediness has increased following the passing of our brother the last few years, and she just doesn't seem to take a hint. It's become very difficult to hide my annoyance with her. She's also taken it upon herself to involve my parents, who are both pushing 70 years old, which further increases my annoyance with her, because we're not kids anymore. I'm 38 years old and she's 40. I should also mention she's a manic depressive, so I always have to walk on eggshells around her all the time. I need some bad advice because I'm at that point where I don't know what to do or say, because if I say nothing, then I'm in deep shit. If I tell her I want to be left alone, then I'm in deep shit. That's, That's Jamie. Jamie. Hey, Jamie. First of all, I'm I'm very sorry about the loss of your brother. Yes. That's um that's awful. And I'm yeah. really sorry. So it makes sense that, you know, if your sister is more clingy after that, you know, it's not hard to draw a straight line to that. Right. But I really, really understand where you're at. Um you know, it all kind of sounds like if your sister has these mental and emotional problems, I mean, you say she's manic depressive. I assume she is diagnosed mm -hmm. or you're just not like what I think <laughs> based on the time we went shopping. I feel she's <laughs> manic depressive. But, um, you know, that you you might be the caretaker. You might be the yeah. one that was always helping her out and smoothing things over. Or maybe the entire whole family. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you could be that position. Yeah. So it's if that's the case, I want to let you know that that is not your job. Yeah. I hear from what you're saying that you love your sister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you love your sister and that it's just too much. Right. And you've been dealing with your brother's death as well right. and probably taking care of your parents and all that kind of stuff. So it is absolutely more than okay to say something. You know, you're saying she can't take a hint, all this kind of stuff, but to actually say something and you can say it in a way 
That's that. One of my problems is I don't say it. I don't say it. I don't say it. And then one day I'm like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And that's not a good deal. I can tell you from experience. That's not the healthy path. Yes. So (laughs) to really think about, you know, sitting down with your sister on the phone. I always say sitting down. Like (laughs) I'm sure you are wondering why I've called you to my office today (laughs) to sit down and have a conversation saying, I need some time to myself. Right. And I love you and I don't want to snap at you. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. All of that kind of stuff. That's a conversation to have with your sister. Yeah. Your sister's mental illness is not your responsibility. That's right. She is a a grown woman and has presumably doctors and medication and has had experience with being manic depressive mm-hmm. um, up to this point. And as much as part of loving her and part of caring about anyone is accepting and wanting to protect them and wanting to help them. It is not your job to live your life on eggshells and to live your life without a moment alone and denying yourself what you really need because of someone else's mental illness or illness or whatever. Absolutely. Um, So there's a way, you know, to detach from that. That's not like. Can you just fucking take a hint and get right, out of my house? Right. Because then what you do is like, you know, it, 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 there's been difficult people that I've dealt with in the past mm. that I've dealt with, you know, group of friends. And one of them's like, just fucking wrong, you know? Right. And then it's like, oh, you don't want to say anything. You don't want to say anything. It's like, yeah, I, you don't want to be the last person to yell at blank and then they kill themselves. Right. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, like I have had that experience, yeah, not yeah, with yeah. a sister, yeah. but I really understand that like impulse yeah. to, oh, I just, you know, but I got to protect him. Due. Yeah, exactly. But, you don't need to protect her. She's a grown woman. If you really needed to protect her, she should be in a facility. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, let me add on top of that. Mm-hmm. I, I love the idea of just sitting down and having a talk with her and being, you know, a little blunt about it. I also feel like, Jamie, you're probably better off to not make it about your sister. When you sit down with your sister, don't make it about her. Don't say... You're not leaving. You're not giving me enough space. You're not making, uh, you know, make it about you. Mm -hmm. Make it about you so that your sister, who I'm sure cares about you, just like you care about her, will hear you talking about yourself. I don't have enough time for myself. I feel like I'm losing a part of myself because I don't have a, a moment to be just by myself and on my own. I really I do better when I have space to myself. Just make it about you. And not about her, because if you make it about her, all of a sudden it becomes an argument and you don't need this to be an argument. Right. This is this is your damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. You already feel guilty enough about standing up for yourself. You don't need the guilt trip thrown back at you, which you could will probably get anyway. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. And we talked about guilt trips and it was um, 
somebody and their mother-in-law moving in. Oh, we right. talked about guilt trips. Yeah. Uh, if you don't remember that one, go binge them from the beginning. <laughs> Previously. Previously. On bad, advice. on bad advice. Oh my God, that's my funniest Clark joke ever. <laughs> we were at, okay, I'm, ta- I'm taking it aside. You do okay. have a very serious question, Jamie, but I'm going to tell the story because <laughs> there's just been like, Three jokes in our time together that always stick out to me about Clark. (laughs) One, this one was we were at Disneyland California Adventure. Yep. They have a big theater there. Right? Like within the first first two or three years of it opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the show at the theater when we went this time was Aladdin. I think it's the Hyperion Theater. Yes. So it was Aladdin and it's just a really nice theater. And uh, it's one of those places you go in the summer. You're like, it's so nice and cool. in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we're watching the show. We're watching the show. It's based on the movie and the songs and stuff. And then at some point they have some technical problem and the show just stops and yeah. they put the curtain down yeah. and we're all sitting there. And then after 10 minutes or whatever, the curtain goes back up and the lights go down and Clark and his voice goes previously on Aladdin, (laughs) which is funny enough. But the woman I was sitting to Clark's right, the woman on his left thought it was the funniest thing she'd (laughs) ever heard laughing hysterically she was laughing hysterically and i i do that all the time now (laughs) previously on whatever and i insert whatever but that's honestly like my favorite clark joke ever all right jamie back to your very difficult predicament (laughs) these are grown people she is not your child it is not your responsibility to give everything away from yourself that's absolutely right and Clark's right about making that conversation, should you choose to have it, be about you. Yeah. And other than that, it's kind of like you can't you can't predict what somebody's going. You know, she could say, I had no idea I was making you feel this way. Yeah, exactly. She could stomp her feet and say, How dare you? You know I'm sick and I need this and that. And it's like, oh, what I was saying before, God, what a mess this is. Yeah. We went to Aladdin and now I'm back. We we're talking <laughs> about um the mother-in-law question, and we were talking about the guilt trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guilt trip has no power if you don't care about it. Right. You know, if you can go in and say, you know, you're not asking your sister, please do this for me. Right. You're telling your sister with love and with kindness, this is what I need. Yes. And that is kind of cut and dry yes so a guilt trip can be flown around and you know whatever but it doesn't change the cut and dry and again i you know i know it's hard for me to say because i'm an only child so i don't know (laughs) what it's like to have a brother or a sister but from what i've heard you're supposed to love each other and Eh. if you love your sister enough that you're taking care of her after your brother's death and your parents are too old and you're kind of the stalwart there, then she should love you enough to let you have some time to yourself. Yeah. And if for some reason her manic depression goes on a manic bent. Right. Um, you know, she has doctors and you can say, call the doctor or, you know, even call the doctor on her behalf. Like, yeah. I'm not saying this isn't like I'm through with you. Right. Exactly. This is you just claiming some time and peace and peace of mind for yourself. That's exactly It's not right. like you're like, uh, you know, 
not giving her a rose and she has right. to go home to from Sister Island. <laughs> Plus, if you need to pepper it in there with a whole bunch of, you know, I love you so much, sister. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to be here for you. But if I'm not good, I can't be here for you. Yeah. So we got to make sure that I'm doing good, too. So eh, hopefully that'll help. Yeah. Jamie, good luck. Good Bob. luck, Jamie. I hope that helps a lot. Uh, moving on to question number two. Oh. We've got. Uh, one of my favorite names from today's list, at least, A.J. Cappuccino. Oh, I'm A.J. Cappuccino. <laughs> Which I'm, yeah, I'm hoping is his mafia name. <laughs> um, so A.J. Cappuccino says, oh, I don't know if his mafia, according to this question. Uh, sometimes I see men I want to sleep with on Grinder, but we aren't into exactly the same things. Should I not pursue these guys? That's A.J. Cappuccino. Uh, Mr. Cappuccino, (laughs) as far as I understand, the only thing you have to be into with a match on Grindr is sex. Yeah. Or penises. Or, yeah. I mean, not exclusively, though. Grindr is for the gay community, but without that, you know, you might meet a hot bi guy. Oh, it's true. Who you meet up with and there's some other things going on. That's true. Um, yeah. I, uh uh-oh. Uh-oh, Clark. Uh, Uh-oh. What? If you're going to meet guys randomly on Grindr, yeah. be safe because of COVID. Oh! Ah, boo, COVID came COVID. up. I guess we talked about it with my dad's leg, too. Yeah. But that wasn't quite the same as uh, telling Mr. Cappuccino to <laughs> A, wear a mask, and B, Rappuccino his dick in a condom. <laughs> Please. Um... Yeah, grinder is for fun and grinder is for sex. And, you know, I, if you are looking for deep, meaningful love on grinder, I think you're uh, missing the point. <laughs> I'm sure there are some people who have, like, you know, hooked up with a Craigslist fuck and ended oh, sure. up falling in love. Sure, sure. But, sure. oh, God, I dated myself because there's no such thing as Craigslist. Craigslist. Oh. There's got to be, right? Casual encounters. No, they stopped all of that. they stop that? They stopped that. I'm sure there's a way people are doing it, but they stopped that since it was 98% (laughs) hookers. uh, Yeah, prostitution. (laughs) And I was the other 1% who (laughs) fucked one guy one time, and it was utterly disappointing. (laughs) Utterly disappointing. Uh, Now, I will say, uh, you know, personally, I have always been more attracted to nerdy girls. Yes. So if that's a part of the conversation, then maybe you'd want to pursue specific guys that are a specific kind of a personality because that's what turned you on. Uh, yeah. And then, right? yeah, well, you're going on looks to start with and proximity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if someone does say they're nerdy, they might be, you know, more inclined to wear the stormtrooper helmet during. Exactly. Yeah, I can appreciate that. But so there's there is that element to it. There is that element to it that you know, if you have stuff in common about what turns you on, what kind of sex you like, that's one thing. That's one thing. But if you're like, he doesn't like the classics, <laughs> I can't have random anonymous sex with a man who doesn't love Hemingway. <laughs> you yeah, know, I think that that's okay as long as you are being safe, as long as you are. Not putting yourself in danger. And that I'm not even just talking about COVID and condoms, just in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have not spent much time on Grindr. (laughs) Yeah. I have spent time grinding, Mm -hmm. but it's not the same. No, no, no. So 
yeah, go for it if you're going to have fun. Be safe, Mr. Cappuccino. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for writing in. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to move on to question number three. And I love this. Question number three is a phone call. Oh. Let's listen to Anonymous. Hey, Lori Beth. What do you think I should do if I think my spouse, well, my partner, we're not married, just partners, and we do have a kid together. But anyways, I think that he is cheating on me. But the whole thing is, I don't fucking care. And I kind of hope he is so that he leaves. But I can't afford to leave him. And I don't have a car. So he, like, brings me to work, brings our kids to daycare, that sort of thing. And I feel like you'd be very vindictive and like try and go for full custody of our baby together. She's not baby, she's four. The whole thing is, I don't know what to do. So, can you help a girl out and tell me what you would do in this situation? It's very hard. Anyway, I love you. Have a great day, guys. I don't know what time of day this is. Okay, so that was Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous, for that very personal and deep question. Yeah. Um, If you, I'm hoping that your partner isn't abusive at all now. If you think, oh, he will be very vindictive, that must be because of behavior that you have seen before or been on the receiving end of before. Yeah. Um. I like what you said. Like, um, I think he's cheating on me and I don't fucking care. (laughs) So the question is, you know, what to do. You can't afford to move out. This is a theme that we get over and over in questions. It's very true. From women who say, I cannot afford to move out. I cannot afford to live on my own. And they haven't just been about, you know, uh, partner, you know, right. or husband or stuff. There's been other stuff. It's, we've heard this a lot. Yeah. And so Anonymous just win the lottery. Why is it so hard? <laughs> Why did you need me to tell you that? Or or uh, just uh, star on a television show and yes. make millions of dollars. It's pretty easy. Um, boom, if, boom, boom. If that were possible, I would do it. <laughs> I live with my dad. Um. This is my treat getting out of the house to come help Anonymous with her very desperate situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, though, it is not a desperate situation. Right. Hopefully, you are not in a abusive situation. Right. You know, because that's a whole other thing. Yes. Um, that's more of a get out now situation. Yeah, that's a you find a way. Yeah. But um, I think a bunch of ways you could you know, approach this. You yeah. could say to him, hey, are you fucking someone else? Yeah. Just curious. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Just and be open and blunt about it. Yeah. Or you could, you know, say, "Where, you know, where have you been? But you don't fucking care. That's the point. Right. You don't want to be like, I was waiting for you all night. Right. The roast was ruined. <laughs> uh, can I, I have a suggestion. Okay. What about, she doesn't have enough money to move out. What if she has enough, maybe it would be less money to hire a private detective. Then you have 
proof that he's being uh, uh, infidel. What is the infidel in, Castro? Infidel, what's the word I'm looking for? He's uh, being uh, in infertile. In, no, no, no. He's in, being. Oh God! Write in if you in, know infantile. Like I can hear, I can remember every word except I the word know. I'm looking for. Unfaithful. Unfaithful. There you go. Ah, excellent. He's being unfaithful. If you have proof, I don't know. We, Do you we know how frustrating here? that was for the <laughs> listeners to listen to? Sure. Like, how long is this going to go on? <laughs> I'm not sure where you live, Anonymous, but if in California for uh, certain, if you're cheating on your spouse, they take you to court and get a divorce. You get like half their stuff, if not more. Yeah, but they're not married. Well, so I don't know if they're together. Well, yeah, so they could but at least you could at least get uh uh Maybe child they, support. Yeah, maybe they could be common law. But also, if you go to the well, first of all, yes, anonymous. That is another thing. Look up the show Cheaters and yeah. see if you can send in a, <laughs> a, a audition video. Oh God, that shit is so disgusting. Um, but that I can understand being wary of doing something like that when you're thinking. He's going to be vindictive, mm. which is such a dick move. A, whatever he's doing that you're like, I don't fucking care who he fucks. Right, a, right. B, that he's the one, quote unquote, at fault. Yeah. And C, that he would throw a fit because you said, hey, maybe you, we shouldn't be together if you don't want to fuck me and want to fuck other people. Mm -hmm. In this case, there's plenty of people that wouldn't be a problem for, but it wouldn't be a problem in the first place. Right. Oh, dear Anonymous. Yeah, this is a rough one. It is a rough one. Um, Hopefully your daughter's doing okay. Yeah. And I don't know. Talk Definitely talk to your friends. Yeah. You might even want to talk to a lawyer. Yeah. And see what can be what. Exactly. Because it is possible. I don't know. You say your daughter is four. I don't know where you live and the laws, but you could be in a common law marriage situation. Right. Which is where you just hang out enough that it somehow is legal. Right. Or at the very least, maybe you won't get any money, but maybe you'll at least get full custody of your kid. Yeah, if that's... And then you don't have to worry about that. I feel like yeah. that's way more important than the money. No, well, I don't know how great her kid is. <laughs> yeah, if you had to choose Anonymous, yeah, that that is um, a really good point. That if that is, you know, this thing that's looming, that's keeping you in this relationship, you can figure out somewhere to go. Yeah. You can rent a room. You yeah. can figure out a friend. You could... I, that is... Absolutely feasible, possible. Right. But the fear that this guy, who you don't seem very fond of, would be vindictive and try to get full custody to punish you. Right. I should say, we have only heard from Anonymous. This guy could be kind of okay and just fucking around. Yeah. He's, he's having an affair that doesn't mean he's not a good father. Right. And, you know, so I don't want to put it out. This isn't some, you know, women's show where it's like, <laughs> kick him to the curb, girl. <laughs> so all of that is still on the table. You know, only you and only he knows what's going on inside the relationship. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you did bring up the concept of, you know, custody and vindictiveness and that kind of stuff, it would behoove you to go see a lawyer and yeah. see... You know, what steps would it be? What can I expect? That kind of stuff. Right. Would it be better if I had physical proof of philandering? That Clark kind of just wants pictures I of do. this shit. I want to get this guy good. I uh. think Clark 
has like opens his closet, his secret closet at night and just strokes his like full length detective's coat. <laughs> yes. Like he he kind of he he bought it like, oh, ironically, it's just I'm just going to be Inspector Gadget for Halloween. <laughs> but that was just a cover to really get, you know, get going on it's his true. P.I. <laughs> career. And, and if you really want some really bad advice, anonymous, uh, two words. Maury Povich. Oh, my goodness. Boom. That's the worst, the best, worst bad advice ever. Those might be the two worst words in the human language. <laughs> Not if you're Connie Chung. Well, yeah, I don't know. She's probably about to write in for <laughs> some advice. Oh, Connie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Anonymous, check that out. That would be the most... Oh, very distressing, disturbing thing is to worry that your kid will be taken over by this guy, that you will not have your daughter, that this will turn into this, you know, punishing personal attack. And that's going to go very badly for the kids. Yeah. So that is really something to, I think, just talk to a lawyer about to see, you know, what's what. Yeah. And. Like you were saying, Lord Beth, family, friends, talk to everyone. Somebody, maybe somebody will have a a room or two in their house that oh, you yeah. can go move into. So yeah. if that's the only thing you're worried about, talking to friends will help too. Yeah. Um, I hope that helps Anonymous. Uh, we are going to move on to our next call, however. I'm very excited because this, man, we have not gotten uh, as hard of hitting a question. Oh, wow. As we're about to get from my friend Anthony here. All right. Okay. You ready for Anthony's question? Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Hello, my name is Anthony. I'm from Oakview, California. What do you think about a green bean fetish? Someone with a green bean fetish, okay? Someone that has a fetish for green beans. I need your advice, Lori Beth. I am a big, big fan, and I love you so very much. I'm from Oakview, California. Green bean fetish. I need your advice. Thank you. <laughs> All right. That's Anthony. Okay. With his green bean fetish question. I was not. Well, in all fairness, he did not say it was him. <laughs> no, no. That's I'm true. I'm calling for a friend. That's very true. What I love about this is how intensely <laughs> he needs this advice. Yes. He can barely, cont I just see him pacing his apartment. You yeah, know? right. I'm from Oakview, California. I'm Anthony, green beans, green bean <laughs> fetish. I'm from Oakview, California. Help me. I really, and then he sneaks in. I'm a really big fan. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for that. Um, green bean fetish. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. Yeah. They're tasty. Yeah, they could be. They might not be tasty after you do whatever you want to do with them. <laughs> I would say, you know, whatever turns you on. Yeah, sure. I would open the can first if you're going to go for that. Those are oh, kind of mushy. Don't, don't, got to get rid of the can first yeah, thing. No can involved. Yeah, but also if you're really going to go for just the fresh snap peas. Are snap peas and green peas the same way? No, green beans are totally different. Okay, gotcha, peas. gotcha. I was picturing him with his grandma on the porch snapping beans. <laughs> and she's like, it's so lovely to, to spend this time with you. And Anthony's like, I'm going to shove this up my urethra. <laughs> um, 
What a lovely image. You're out, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, green beans are good. I'm trying to think, like, because the ones in the can could be so mushy that you could jerk off with them. Sure, I'm just, I guess. I've never, I've never but, imagined so many possibilities. Yeah, you'd also have, you have to figure out whether that's fresh green beans, like straight off the stock and it's crispy. Yes. And, or if, like you're saying, it's the canned or the jarred green beans, oh, yeah. where they're a little mushier the and mushier soggier. And salty. I'm yeah. wondering if this is a cover for a huge Jolly Green Giant fetish. <laughs> there. Oh my God, maybe that's it. That could be it. Dude, maybe you should have somebody uh, have sex with you and call you Sprout. Ooh. <laughs> so Anthony, uh, tell your friend <laughs> that there's certainly nothing wrong. Nothing. Uh, unless you are doing whatever you're doing and then secretly serving them oh, to your yeah, dinner that, guests. That would be pretty horrible. That's a different deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, if you're serving them to dinner guests and then they leave and then you take the leftovers. That's okay. That's reasonable. That's okay. It's reasonable. Although then you'd be like, well, I am jerking off with my uncle's green beans. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's, that's so, the point. and when inserting, well, we would assume that fresh green beans would be better for inserting into orifices. Yes, you so, can't insert a, a mushy green bean anywhere. You can't. Well, you could, you could jam it up there with something. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I'm not suggesting this. <laughs> Put it up there to feed your gerbil. <laughs> um, but you don't want mushy clumped. You want it slick and like what? Like yes. it goes in and out quick. <laughs> you know what? It'd be smushing down like it's you're tapping a, a an old timey Revolutionary War gun. Yeah. And you're just jamming more stuff in there. Clark seems to have a lot of clear visions <laughs> of how this should work. I gotta tell you, I had none of these before you started mentioning up the urethra. Yes. That's what got it. Well, it's uh, too funny. Exactly. <laughs> Anthony, you or your friend are good. Yeah. Be safe. Yeah. And uh, uh, hopefully you're not doing this in public. Um, <laughs> let's move on with that. I uh, got kicked out of the farm tour. <laughs> you're never they allowed. They took away my 4-H membership. <laughs> you're never allowed in Whole Foods ever yes. again. Um Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Well, that was our uh, last question for this part. Now we're moving on to our rotating segment of the week, which I'm very happy to say is one of our favorites. It's called Inevitable Information. And now Lori Beth Denberg with more Inevitable Information for your everyday lives. So, yeah, this is the segment where I talk about Nickelodeon acting stuff, which I know everybody loves to hear about. Yep. Um, but it, I didn't want the show to be me answering, you know, deep questions as the loud librarian. Right. <laughs> Tell your sister to shut up. <laughs> um, but I've been thinking Stop about fucking that green yeah. bean. <laughs> this is a library. <laughs> Uh, but I have been thinking about like the old days because I saw 
The Orange Years, which is a documentary about Nickelodeon. Yes. I was um, interviewed for it. This is like a couple, two, three, maybe more years ago. Wow. Because they were getting, you know, everyone that they could. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. I really didn't know what it was going to be. When someone approaches me to do a project, you never know if it's going to be like, you know, an iPhone on a skateboard (laughs) as the, as the camera or, yeah. So I really didn't know. And then I watched it and it's so good. Oh, that's great. It was so well done. So actually um, emotional because it wasn't just like, here's the slime and here's the stuff. It was the entire story from when Nickelodeon was pre Nickelodeon and the concepts that it, you know, aspired to as far as kids programming and what to give kids what they want. And then, you know, through um, that until you can't do that on television came into the uh, picture and the slime and then, you know, all that kind of stuff. It takes that kind of turn. (laughs) And it really, really made me emotional. It made me really proud to have been part of the whole deal. Yeah, It's like, I, I realized that I've talked about on the show before, how much it means when people say to me, you know, you were such a big part of my childhood and seeing someone like you on TV made me feel better. or I got bullied. And right. yeah, but you would make me laugh like that's all good. And that's my experience. But to see, you know, laid out in this documentary, the entirety of the Nickelodeon story. Yeah. I mean, not the entirety. I'm sure they <laughs> took out some. I'll tell you, they did take out some stuff because I said some fucked up shit in my interview. <laughs> oh, no. And none of it was in. Like, to the point where I'm like, are they going to do, like, you know, a blooper reel at the end? You know, where it's just like. <laughs> and it's like, I think I said, like, uh, Melissa Joan Hart was my first kiss. <laughs> Just a bunch of crazy shit. Like I had Keenan's baby, a lot of crazy stuff, but that was super not the vibe of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was very, you know, just really well done and sweet. Beyond you being on Nickelodeon for so many years, we also, you and I, were like the first generation of Nickelodeon kids because cable TV started right when we were babies, basically. So when we were at that age, five, six, seven, it was this kind of newfangled television network. Yep. And it was a part of our growing up, too. Yeah, it was. Double Dare is just yeah. like, I don't remember a world without Double Dare. Exactly. So there was no such thing. <laughs> all, Thank you, Mark Summers. All things set on Mark Summers. <laughs> there was no before and there will be no after. <laughs> He's actually super fun. Uh. Um, and when we get together, he we give each other shit and say really off-color things. Oh, that's great. It's very fun. I love that. But um, yeah, it was just really a great experience mm. watching this, you know, watching this documentary and then, oh, and then I'm in it and I'm seeing tons of people interviewed that I know. Oh, that's so great. And it was just really, really cool. And then I um found a bunch of, you know, old pictures from all that oh right behind the scenes stuff and i'm i'm posting some of them on instagram i'm not good at posting i forget to post i'm old i'm working really hard (laughs) so if you go see my instagram oh and 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 then and then let's uh shameless plug yeah go like at ask lori beth 
on Instagram. Yes. And when we get to 3,000, we talked about this. Remember yes. when we yes. get to 3,000 followers, I'm going to um, randomly pick someone and do a Zoom call with them. Yes. Which it kind of reminds me of like, you know, all the experiences, looking at the Nickelodeon, you know, story so emotionally and yeah. knowing I have my place in it. Yeah. You know, that made me think of like times that we would go to a kid's hospital at Christmas. Right. And, you know, meet make a wish kids and just really make people's day. Yeah. And it's and went beyond um you know, just having fans at a show or that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember, so we did, there's this really awesome, cute Make-A-Wish kid. Okay. Um, he must have been like seven or something. I don't remember his name. I could totally see his face. Okay. And he was really into Nickelodeon and really into like race cars. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Like, yeah. you know, Indy 500 kind of stuff. Sure. And then, um, so he came to... Uh, figure it out. The set of Figure It Out when okay. we were doing that in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. And I remember his mom and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, you it, you know what it is. Right. Make a wish, which is like somebody that's really sick. Right. Um, not that I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, it, it, instead of just having fun, I turn to his mom and I go, you're so brave. I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> no, but so he was just like cute as a button and showing me the pictures of him with the race car driver oh, he loved. Cool. Um, but then he came back like a significant amount of time later. What? And he was, and it was like he got better, and I thought he should have to give back all the stuff. <laughs> right. You've wasted resources or, and decided to live. Or at least he has to make like a, a long uh, a session of people where he has to apologize. Like exactly. he comes to everyone, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't die. <laughs> I made it through. And then he goes to Danica Patrick next. Yes. And that was uh we met Danica Patrick, we didn't did. we? We did. Yes, we did. <laughs> That's a story for another That's day. That's a story for another day. Her and Sonic. Yes. But um, you know, I mean, my joking about a boy that got better and disappointed me by doing so <laughs> aside. <laughs> um you know, there were just all of these experiences that I had and that I shared with you know, the other cast members. Yeah. Like I have all these pictures of me and Kevin and Heath and Amanda yeah. and other cast members going at Christmas to this hospital ward for kids that were sick. Right. You know, and when they can't go to Christmas, you bring Christmas to them. Right. And and the documentary really made me kind of think about all these experiences that I got to have. Yeah. You know, it wasn't all just getting slimed and being wacky and yelling in the library. There's like real emotional depth to a lot of what I did, which is why it really does mean so much to me when I hear from people that, you know, they were a big fan or how I helped them, but also just within the context of this show that you would, you know, call up or write in with really deep, Shit. Meaningful shit. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we started this and thought it might be like, my cat scratched my eye. What should I do? <laughs> right. And you should go to the hospital. <laughs> but, you know, the 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 personal nature and the real kind of confessional stuff that you guys write in your questions that you're sending to me to, you know, us to. Yeah. For advice. Yeah. Um. It it really means a lot. It really, really means a lot. And I think that um, I just wanted to tell you that. Yeah, of course. And so make sweet. a wish, kid, if you're out there, I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh, man, I I've want him on an, the show. I've got an itemized list. <laughs> 
and another sick kid that didn't get anything because you wasted the resources. Oh, I hope that's not true. Um, but that was really fun. Um, but I do love, I, I'm very excited to watch The Orange Years. It looks really yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely everybody check it I, out. It I was think it's really good. I think it is on Hulu. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on from there. We have a final question of the day. And okay. It is from one of my favorite names. This is Buck Melanoma Moly Russell's Wart. Ooh. I love that name. And they've uh, they've actually written before and asked us a couple of questions. We have a new question from them. And here it is. It is. My dad was cheating on my mom when she was pregnant with me. I barely saw my dad growing up. Looking back, I really needed a dad. He would come around every now and then. Sometimes three years would pass. And at this time, he lived in the same town. My older sister told me as a kid, mom and dad got a divorce because of you. Looking back, I'm sure she thought that was true in a kid's eyes. Now we both know better. But I grew up with feeling like it was my fault. And I know it affects me even to this day. And I also think the fact I barely had a father figure is where a lot of issues come from with me. My dad started to come around more as I was graduating high school, but I had better things to do. He passed away seven years ago from cancer, and I feel bad talking bad, even though I do feel bad, but I never loved him. He was a stranger, but I would tell him because I didn't want him to feel bad. It's weird. I'm weird, and this comment is a mess. That's Buck Melanoma Moly Russell's word. Buck, speaking of deep personal questions that people send in. Yeah, here you go. Um, I'm sorry you're fucked up from all that shit. That was definitely not your fault. Yes. Um, and the first thing that kind of jumps out at me is like, yeah, I really could have used a dad, but not that dad. Yeah. It's all well and good to say I needed a father figure and this and that, but. The man that was cheating on your mom and not seeing you while he lived in the same town. Besides those things, which are bad enough, all the rest of his personality and priorities and stuff were out of whack. He wouldn't have been a good dad to you. He is your dad. He yeah. was not a good dad to you. Yeah. So I know what it's like. I really know what it's like to say. I wish I just had this comfort. I wish I just had this relationship, but it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a really hard pill to swallow because it's like, but only if, and it's like, well, that's not reality. Yeah. And then you have to deal, you know, with that. Certainly, I mean, your sister, you say knows now it was not your fault. I know what it's like also to feel like everything that's going wrong is my fault. Mm -hmm. You know, I growing up was we've talked about how I've had a, a very difficult childhood. And yeah. part of that was that, you know, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't have, you know, uh, all the problems were me. Right. All of the issues were like I was misbehaving when really I had no, you know, guidance and right. I had no you know, training in how to be yeah, and how to be a productive person. But I'm, you know, a kid and not able to, you know, really not able to reason that out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just made to feel and felt like everything was my fault. Mm. 
which sucks, especially yeah. when you're a kid, because then you feel guilty and then you feel helpless because what the fuck are you going to do about right. it? You're a little kid. So wanting to have a father figure, wanting to have a dad, I understand that. But I think the dad you have wouldn't have done you any favors. Yeah. And he wasn't there. So it's kind of like in the reality of it. Yeah. Um. And I totally know what you mean about, you know, I didn't love him. Like, he's a stranger. Yeah. And all of that is, all as much as we can tell each other, <laughs> me and you, as much <laughs> as we can tell ourselves, I know it wasn't my fault, there could still be that lingering, well, why wasn't I good enough? Right. Why didn't he want to be with me? Why didn't, and this extrapolates out over lots of different relationships. Yep. So- and that kind of self-doubt and self-punishment can really stay with us. Mm. And that might be part of what you need to really take a look at because, yeah, you didn't have a dad. Yeah. You didn't have, you know, you had whatever people say, like a sperm donor, right. you know, whatever it was. Right. And then, of course, when, uh, not of course, but a lot of times as parents age and get older they're looking back and oh. regretting so yes now that you've graduated high school let me come and be part of your life and it's right. like fuck you yeah i it's, had to live my whole life without you there's not a space for you especially graduating high school like that's the point where every kid no matter how your relationship is with your parents is like fuck you guys. I'm out on my own. Like, I want to get out. I want to go do things. I don't want to be around my parents. Like, what a horrible moment for him to all of a sudden decide he wants to be a father. Yeah. And and it seems really selfishly. Yeah. Because very. at that point, it's about him. Yep. Trying to, you know, make his life have some meaning and worth. Right. I'm really painting a picture of your dad just like this sad, like... <laughs> alcoholic everything was wrong living in like a cheap motel i come on I, that's gotta be true that's yes i'm that's that's the image in my head yeah but if you haven't seen pretty in pink which is an <laughs> awesome movie and all of you are 30 years younger than it i'm thinking of uh harry dean stand in yeah. pretty in pink there you go but um yeah that's rough and it really sounds like you tolerated it and were kind mm -hmm. and probably hugely resentful yep. and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, that's what it is. And your father died and, you know, might have been a relief, mm -hmm. which sounds fucked up to a lot of people. But I know what you mean. Yeah. But the important thing that I'm really thinking now is. You did good. Yeah. You didn't have your dad. Yeah. He graduated high school, which is more than I did. Yeah. I don't know if we've gotten into that <laughs> topic before. I didn't exactly graduate high school, <laughs> but um, you've accomplished a lot. Yeah. I don't even know you when you've accomplished a lot. Yeah. But I don't think, you know, what, she, what did she say at the end? I'm a mess. Yeah, I don't want them to feel bad. It's weird. I'm weird, and this comment is a mess. You can be weird. Nothing's yeah. wrong with weird. Absolutely not. Um, and the comment isn't a mess. I mean, if it is, then I'm a mess, too, because I so relate to it. Wait, I'm a mess. She's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's important to look at what we 
unfortunately, some of us at what we survive. Yeah. What we accomplish and what we survive. It's like this extra layer of slogging up the hill. Yes. And you sound like you were kind to your father when you did not have to be. Mm-hmm. You did not have to see him at all. Exactly. But you, I, I think you either act or react. Mm. You act like a person or you react to how they are treating you. Right. And sounds like you reacted to being dismissed, to being abandoned by even begrudgingly not abandoning him and not dismissing him. Even though she didn't really feel like she loved him, she but she said it anyway to yeah. make him feel good. She gave him the care comfort. and comfort that she never received. Exactly. And so that you know, I don't know what your mom was doing. It sounds like yeah. she's probably on the ball, at least a little. Yeah. Um, or you'd be asking me how to get your meth teeth fixed. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's hard and it's hard to see our accomplishments in ourselves yeah. when we're used to that. Everything's my fault and I'm a fuck up mm-hmm. kind of mentality. So you're not a mess. No, you've survived a lot. And you seem to have come out of it um, articulate and compassionate. Yes. And that's a lot more than a lot of people can say. 100%. So you are, you're doing good, babe. I agree. I agree. Uh, Buck, I really hope that helps. Uh, Thank you again for such wonderful questions. We've been getting so many great questions and I really love it. If you love our show, you need to send us questions too. We can help you on any choices you have, any questions you have, send it to us. Send us your problems at AskLoriBeth.com. Go follow us on all the socials at AskLoriBeth, or just leave us a message with your name and where you're from at 1-855-336-2374. That's 1-855-DENBERG or 1-855-DENBERG. And you can find me at LBDenberg on Instagram. You also should follow us and the entirety of our recording equipment <laughs> at Ask Lori Beth on Instagram. When we get to 3,000 followers, I will smush a Zoom with Woo! someone. So I really cool. can't wait for that. That's going to be fun. And uh, you can find me at Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter. Facebook fan page, good. Uh, oh, it's the Lori Beth Denberg Facebook fan page. Sure, sure, sure. They're like, it's, that's a random, a fan page fan page? <laughs> Just a page about other fan pages. It's so, it has such breadth. Right? Um, and you can book me for a personal video. Father's Day might be coming up. Yeah, is that a thing June. that happens? Yeah, in June. Clark's birthday is coming up. That's true. June as well. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, you can book me for that at cameo.com slash Lori Beth. Uh, new sentence. Hashtag one million hugs. Oh, yes. Hashtag one million hugs. Go get vaccinated. Please. If you've gotten the first vaccination, don't flake on your second oh, one. Please, please. Just let's get this done. Yeah. And again, hashtag one million hugs is when Dr. Fauci says it's cool, I'm going to go from town to town and set up a booth (laughs) and give hugs to whoever lines up. Yep. This is my goal. I have (laughs) at least a million hugs stored up. Oh, yeah. I've got like huge blue balls full of (laughs) hugs. 
from this fucking pandemic. So all of that to say, please get vaccinated. Yep. And thank you for asking questions and thank you for listening so much. We love all the support and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Thank you, bunnies. Bad Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question in there. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.